Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Tuesday, June 9th. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen has lifted the city curfew. It went into place last week following a night of violence and looting and the killing of a retired police captain. Krusen says the restrictions helped St. Louis police make arrests. I don't think it's possible to measure what, what would have happened had you not had it in place. But I think having, a, having the curfew did help them. Uh, to be able to put resources towards solving some of those crimes. Krusen is pledging to review the police department's use of force policies. More on that in just a bit. Also today, St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen on how the pandemic could lead to major setbacks in research to address health and environmental problems. As we mentioned, the city of St. Louis is no longer under a curfew. Mayor Lida Krusen has lifted the restrictions on movement between 9 at night and six in the morning. They had been in place since last week after a night of violence and looting. Kersen says the curfew helped police make arrests, including two in the investigation into the death of a retired police captain who was killed during the looting. She wants to review use of force policies followed by St. Louis police. Kersen considers police an important part of public safety and is not seeking to cut funding. Her comments on police funding come as a bill designed to reduce violence by police officers is being proposed in Washington. Democratic Congressman Lacey Clay says the national movement against police brutality sparked when a Minneapolis police officer killed George Floyd will compel bipartisan support. Two U.S. senators in Missouri, uh, Republicans from Illinois and across this country who have said to me, we feel helpless. We want to do something, and we want to, uh, to, to be a part of an effort. Clay made those comments during an interview on the public radio program Here and Now. The status of St. Louis County's police department is expected to be the main topic today during a special meeting of the county council. Members will hear for the first time from new police chief Mary Barton. She is expected to outline her plans for diversity, inclusion, and reform in the department. In other news, residents in Centerville have filed a federal lawsuit claiming the city government and sewer utility failed to protect them from floods and sewer backups. St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports residents want local officials to fix sewer and stormwater systems. The Metro East City's sewer and stormwater systems are so full of raw sewage that it seeps into residents' yards. Since there's nowhere for water to drain, a rain will sometimes cause flash floods in the north side of town. The water has risen so high that residents report that they've been trapped in their homes. Residents have repeatedly asked Centerville officials and their sewer utility, Common Fields of Cahokia, to help. They want the city and the utility to replace pumps and direct storm water away from their homes. Centerville has 5,000 residents who are mostly black. One-third of the population lives below the poverty line. I'm Eli Chen. St. Louis Public Radio. It is now illegal in Illinois to smoke when a child is in the car. Bill Wheelhouse reports. The law passed last year took effect June 1st. It outlaws smoking in cars if there's a passenger under the age of 18. 
Christina Hamilton with the American Lung Association in Illinois says there are negative health effects on kids. We see higher rates of asthma flare-ups among children who are exposed to secondhand smoke. Hamilton says kids exposed to smoke have more ear problems as well. Smoking in a car with a child is a petty offense, and police can't stop you solely for that infraction. Vaping is still allowed. I'm Bill Wheelhouse. When the coronavirus pandemic began, scientists closed laboratories and canceled fieldwork trips to reduce exposure. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the outbreak has many researchers worried about setbacks on work to study treatments for chronic diseases or how people are damaging the environment. Leticia Klassen Rodriguez studies wolf spiders. They're palm-sized spiders that use the hair on their legs to listen for delicious bugs or other wolf spiders to mate with. Klassen Rodriguez is a doctoral candidate in ecology at St. Louis University, and she wants to know how human sounds like lawn mowing and cars driving by can make it hard for wolf spiders to reproduce and avoid threats. But to do that, she needs to record their environments, and she hasn't been able to do that since fieldwork sites closed in March. I can't do my recordings, I can't do my field surveys, and so I've been stuck here at home. While most of us don't, and maybe try not to think about wolf spiders, listening to their environments can help us understand how we're making it hard for animals to live. Valuable research like hers has been disrupted or postponed because universities and research institutions shut down in the spring to reduce the spread of the coronavirus. Farshid Gilak directs a laboratory that investigates what causes arthritis and what therapies can treat it. When Washington University School of Medicine closed its facilities, his lab had to stop running experiments. And what went from people worrying about meeting a deadline in two weeks went to, oh, the lab shut down. Nobody has a deadline anymore. Only one person entered Gilak's lab to feed the mice they use for experiments. Otherwise, they lose years of work. The med school recently allowed laboratories to reopen, but Gilak is nervous about how the stock market crash caused by the pandemic could make research grants harder to get and how much the laboratory's work will be pushed back. In the academic world, things run on cycles. So if you miss one cycle, that could mean a year delay in what you're doing, or for grant proposals, at least, you know, uh, a few months of delay on top of what you had done before. Not knowing if there could be another wave of infections in the coming weeks and months has made it difficult to plan ahead. We're trying to plan without uh, knowing what we're planning for. That's Ashley Glenn, a Missouri Botanical Garden researcher who studies Bosnian cuisine. She canceled four trips this summer. It was a conference, uh, a trip to Croatia and Bosnia and possibly Armenia. Glenn is trying to understand how different cultures and access to food affect what Bosnian refugees in St. Louis eat compared to people in Bosnia. She stopped interviewing and cooking with them when stay-at-home orders began. Glenn says it's stressful, but years of interrupted research have, in some ways, prepared her for this. I mean, from like an elder council that got reelected and doesn't like your project anymore to like a river that's bigger than it was last year so you can't get across it. We're really used to rolling with the punches. But it can be hard for scientists to not go out and collect data. Ecologist Leticia Klassen Rodriguez says she tends to define herself by her work. If I don't work or I don't feel like I've worked enough, I just feel like I'm not doing anything. 
The pandemic has Classen Rodriguez thinking about how hard it was to do research at her alma mater, the University of Puerto Rico. In 2017, protests over budget cuts closed the school. Having that in my background, this was nothing new to me. <laughs> but the people around me were not dealing with, with it very well. So I was just trying to be supportive and being like, you know, take this time to think about yourself, to think about what you can do. And if you can't focus, don't, don't blame yourself. It's advice that Classen Rodriguez is also trying to follow, while she waits for it to be safe again to look for wolf spiders. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.